Cinebuds receives support from Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hi everybody, I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. And from Radio Milwaukee, I'm Dory Zori. And this is Cinebuds. This week on Cinebuds, we watch The Holdovers. Every year at Barton Academy, students, faculty, and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break. But there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go for the holidays. They're known as the holdovers. Mr. Hunnam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be a student, right? Yeah, that's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain on us. Yeah, the holdovers. I loved it. Um, <laughs> so that's it. Give me a synopsis. Podcast loved over. Loved it. Podcast done. <laughs> The Holdovers, starring Paul Giamatti, who I want to talk about for about an hour. Uh, Paul Giamatti uh, plays this curmudgeonly instructor at a private school who is forced to stay at the school over the holiday break with a few students who can't leave. So they have sort of like a long detention is what it essentially (laughs) seems. And he's there with a young man who has got some troubles and he's a troublemaker maybe. And relationships are developed and uh, the story progresses. I know you're thinking you're describing the Breakfast Club. No, that's not true at all. This is this is Breakfast Club, Dead Poet Society. Yeah, <laughs> I love that the tagline for this movie is discomfort and joy. Yeah, <laughs> I think we both can agree in this initial segment. This is a, one of our new favorite holiday films. That's true. I feel like. I watched this with my wife and we both said, we want to watch this again, like immediately, like right away. We want to watch it again. It was, I thought, just phenomenal. I watched it also with Mr. Dory Zori. In fact, I started watching him without him and he walked into the room maybe 20 minutes in, sat down and just started getting into it. So, um it's very beautifully shot. It's stylized. It takes place in 1970. Yeah. And everything in this movie, I just thought, looked so cool from the opening credits. That was like an old-fashioned yeah. movie that you'd see in the 70s to the set design, the details. Every I found myself looking at everything on the walls. I mean, it was right. fun, spot on. Yeah, and the cast is stellar. I mean, it's there's uh, there's a a newcomer in there. There's someone who's been mostly doing like comedies and stuff that is really broke out. And then you have Paul Giamatti who is for my money, like one of the best consistently best actors. I've always been a fan for a long time of his, even though a lot of people say he always plays this character, like a curmudgeon, always a curmudgeon. Mm -hmm. And that's true. He does angry really well. He does curmudgeon, but he has had some, he played John Adams. He, he played oh, John he Adams did. in his beautiful series. He's played really funny roles. He played really serious roles. I'm, I, and I, something about his face. I just love his face. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a big fan of all the people involved. And there were some great performances. And yeah, very 70s movie with all the things that were happening kind of bleed into the story. Uh, and it, it genuinely did have a good Christmas theme to it family togetherness so yes stick around and we are going to be right back hey wisconsin foodies this is Tariq moody of radio milwaukee join milwaukee magazine's food writer and christensen and myself every friday morning at 8 a.m for this bites milwaukee's longest running culinary podcast 
We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash Dispites or listen anywhere you get your podcasts. All right. We are back. So the movie that we're talking about today, The Holdovers, takes place within like a two-week time period, like you said, over yeah. Christmas break. And I really love watching this transformation and how these relationships develop and how these characters have long-term lasting effects on each other's lives in just two weeks' time. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. Because you not only have Paul Giamatti, the instructor, and then you have um, you have a young man who, I forgot his name. Dominic Sessa plays Angus Tully, who I've never seen before. He looks like he was plucked out of 1970. That is true. Real tall, lanky fella with great hair. Yeah. Kind of coming. <laughs> he's like, they're at this prep school where it seems like it's for like rich kids, but it turns out that a lot of kids that are at this prep school are just kind of dumped by their yeah. families. Yeah. And then you also have Divine Joy Randolph, oh who gosh. plays Mary, who's the cook at the school, who's also there over break. Mm-hmm. And you learn that she's had some tragedy in her life. So the three of them sort of become this little family with all of the things you have with family at Christmas, which is conflict, you know, getting to know each other a bit, getting drunk, food, <laughs> food. <laughs> parties. Yeah. And it is fascinating all the things that happen in these two weeks. And definitely want to mention up top, it's funny. It like, is laugh out loud funny in there's places. There's so many great mm-hmm. bits and lines. And Paul Giamatti's character is a very erudite teacher who te- speaks with a, a lot of authority about ancient Rome and things like that, as you would expect from a, an elite private school. But he also said, my favorite, and we may have to bleep this a little bit, mm-hmm. my favorite line in the movie, which is, <laughs> life... Life is like a hen house ladder. It's short and full of shit. <laughs> and I I paused the movie. I sadly did. I shouldn't say I paused the movie because I sadly watched this at home. Terrible mistake. Got to watch that in the theater. Um, <laughs> which is still playing. Um, but I paused it and I just, I go, I just need to absorb that mm-hmm. and memorize that because I'm going to use it the rest of my life. His character starts out where he is like the teacher that really is not liked by the students, by the faculty, by his peers, and just kind of watch the transformation. Like, I kept thinking about teachers when I was watching this movie that came across that way when I was in school. Oh, yeah. And you just put them in a box of old and curmudgeoned, and right. all they care about is this history that, and they don't relate it to what you're doing now at all. But when you go through the movie and you kind of unpack and learn his backstory, yeah, you understand where he's coming from a little bit more, but then also with these real connections he has through these, through these two weeks, like you see him turning into a person maybe that was there the whole time that yeah. he really could have meant to be if he didn't have A, B, C, and D happen to him yeah. in his earlier life. And I just, those stories are so heartwarming. And then it always just makes me think about like how I've misjudged people yeah. throughout the years. Yeah. I was years. just going to say, like, it's one of those things to constantly remind you that no matter who you run into, there's probably a lot more, they're a lot more complicated than the things you're being exposed to. Yes. Which is one of the hardest things I have <laughs> to do. <laughs> like, hardest things for me to do. 
I love it when movies remind us of those things, yeah, though. Yeah, that we're all humans. And if you think about this movie, if it sounds like, oh, I've seen this, oh, you know, people are one way, then they grow, and then they move on and are better. It's not, I mean, that is the thematically what's happening, um, but there are also twists and tragedies. There's also, and it's also not the typical film like that. Mm-hmm. The script is impressive. The performances are amazing. The sets are great. I mean, it is an elevated version of that, I guess. Yeah, there's no dialogue in this movie that should have stayed on the editing yeah. room floor, which, in my opinion, which I always appreciate. And then every time uh, Divine Joy Rudolph yeah. was on the screen, I could not stop watching her she plays mary the cook like you said and sometimes she didn't even say anything but just looking at her eyes and the really small expressions oh was just (laughs) everything she did the best face acting like there was i mean she said has some great moments and great lines and she really stand out like if she's not nominated for this performance i will write a letter to somebody i'll sign it too thank you and but there was, you're right, there was so many moments where just a look or like a, just a eyebrow raise was like impressive and, the and cool, funny. Very funny. And also um, her character, Mary Lamb, had a good relationship with um, Paul Giamatti's character. Is, was his name also Paul in real life? Or in um, the movie? I forget what his name was. His name was, it was, oh, Paul, yeah, it was Paul, yeah. Paul Hunnam. Um, so for... Those two to have like a interesting understanding of each other when he doesn't seem like he has any other allies, although people want to be friends with him. Like I think about the beginning scene where he was handed cookies and he didn't even say thank you to the staff member who gave him cookies. He was like, "Mm." it was such a great moment where as an audience, like you didn't say thank you. You're closing the door. You didn't say thank you. And there's just silence. (laughs) It was really well done. Any other standout moments in the film without maybe giving too many spoilers away? I mean, there's just generally the, like the great montage when they go out, they finally go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the other students. So at the beginning, there's a bunch, there's like five or six students uh, that are all there together. That were held over. Held over, exactly. <laughs> that they had to stay there. And that I really liked. I would have even loved a little bit more of it because it was such a disparate group of kids, different ages, different backgrounds. Yeah. One of them was just like a real piece of jerk. And then (laughs) uh, the other one was the jock that seemed like everybody, like the peacemaker. Yeah. And then these two kids really had very different backgrounds. It was really fun watching them interact. And then they, you know, they're not around so much kind of quickly. And it's just the, the just him and his teacher. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah. We're not going to say why they're not around, right. but I thought it was pretty funny how yeah. they made that happen. But I loved the, so I loved that interaction with that group. I loved it when they shifted from having this just contentious relationship to or I'm going to make some allowances. Oh, and then we'll slowly start sharing things with each mm-hmm. other. I loved it. But also just really <laughs> I don't want to say all the funny lines, but there's like three that I was like, I'm going to use these. These are now part of my lexicon. Ooh, I want to know. I are know. you just going to throw them into I'll this? I'll do the what? Uh, yeah, I, he's too dumb to. He's not smart enough to pour piss out of a boot. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that one before. <laughs> I don't think I've ever I feel heard like that's that. That's something my grandparents said oh, at some that's point. That's an amazing phrase that I've never. I'm just exposed to. Um, but yeah, and then the the way they have to kind of 
gather their own little Christmas celebration. Mm-hmm. I really liked. There's a lot of great moments, but yeah, if um, my wife and I kept looking at each other, going, "You're crying," and I said, "No, you are." Though it was a lot of accusing each other of crying. I totally got choked <laughs> up for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at the heart. The themes of, you know, loss and friendship and loneliness and empathy is just yeah. something we all connect to. But you're right. This isn't a story. There's a thousand stories about these. And this one was just so interesting yeah. and beautifully told and shot in such a cool way. Like it was it shot on film. It almost I looked like know. it was yeah. shot on real film. It was lovely. Like, I mean, it did have that 70s style. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it wasn't like fully like grainy like you would imagine from 70s, but it did. They did have a tinge of that for sure. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with the credits, they stylized it for sure. Mm-hmm. And I found out they took, um, I listened to an interview with Paul Giamatti and they, uh, that was filmed between three different schools, three different locations made up the one school. Ooh. I assume like an exterior here an interior, you know, whatever. But I loved it. I mean, so they weren't sets at all. No, they were all Ooh, locations of three different schools. I def- I would never want to go to be in a boarding school, mm-hmm. but I do like those buildings they were in. Like it was a beautiful campus, a Harry Potter building. Yeah, it was a very Harry Potter. <laughs> they had it was extremely because they had lunch in a very Harry Potter way. The long tables yeah. and all the faculties up at the other end. Uh huh. I was like, oh yeah, I guess that does come from a real thing. <laughs> But I can't, I don't know, I can't express how much I love Paul Giamatti. Yeah, everyone has a story to share, and I feel like there's one character that you connect with in this film that makes it a really enjoyable watch. Or, like I said earlier, there's people in my life that I could see reflected in these characters, and it just made me become a little bit more thoughtful and understanding about everyone's backstories. The musical score, too, was pretty unique. Um, uh, Mr. Dory Zori and I were looking it up afterwards, so they had some songs, like some proper songs in there from the time period, which I think were really, really cool. But what the musical director did is, leading into those songs, he would pull elements of, like the Cat Stevens song or whatever they played, he would pull elements out of that, and it would be just very sparse in the beginning scene leading up to the full song. So it was more of like a score leading into the song, which I thought was really interesting and kind of an elegant way to put I'm so glad music you, in there. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because we were uh, shazamming to try to find out what these uh, Damien Gerardo song. Oh, yeah. Was it Cat the, Stevens even in there? Yeah, no, Cat okay. Stevens was in there. There's a Damien Gerardo one at the beginning that I thought was beautiful. So beautiful. I never heard it before and uh, we were definitely checking into that but yeah I did notice the ref- like a little bit of the melody from the Cat Stevens song was being played musically as great Yeah, they did a lot of great stuff with this movie this is this may be like without fully looking this has got to be in my top two of the year oh like, my goodness it's definitely toward the top yeah this one made me feel really good this is one that I would purchase to watch yeah. every single year and there's not a lot of movies like we said you can say that about nowadays I where know. you'd spend you know 10.99 to yeah. own it digitally <laughs> yeah but it's still in the theaters if you yeah. have a chance to go see it there with people that you love I think this will be a great way to spend some yeah. holiday time yeah, it's still it's still playing, and I think they even extended the play because it's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. I know a bunch of people have mentioned they've seen it, so I think I think it's doing really well, which it deserves to. When are Oscar 
buzzes and nominations going to come out? I think Feb around February or j- late January, early February, because then I think the show is usually in March. Does this have a shot in any way? Oh yeah, I think. I wouldn't be, especially with, you know, they do like 10 films now. Mm-hmm. This has got to be in there. I think Paul Giamatti and I think Divine Joy Rudolph, if if she's not, I mean, they've got to be making a hard push because she had such a great standout supporting role. Um, but I, th- I think Paul Giamatti and her have a good shot. And I think the film in general does. Do you know anything about the director, Alexander Payne? Oh, yeah. That's it, noteworthy? Yeah. He, well, I mean, he worked with Paul Giamatti years ago in Sideways, oh, the great wine such a movie. Classic. The, the movie that really increased wine sales. Yeah, except for Merlot. Merlot <laughs> tanks because they made fun of Merlot in the movie, which I think is so funny when a movie affects an industry like that. It affected me after I saw it. That was in my wine drinking early days, and I was like, oh, am I not supposed to drink Merlot anymore? <laughs> Merlot is so gauche. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's done, and he did, uh, he produced, he didn't direct, but he produced Small Town Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Which had its premiere at the Oriental Theater, and Alexander Payne came to that premiere. He was a very, very nice man. Um, another small detail, he is my friend's neighbor in Topanga <laughs> in, in L.A. Whoa. And they have spoken, and apparently he confirms he's a very nice man. Well, maybe you could get him, if he if this movie is nominated, we could get him on a future like additional bonus episode of oh, Cinebuds. That, that would be uh a delight, but work, yeah, he's work a great those director. Connections, my friend. I know. Come on, Sean, go next door and talk to Alex. Now I'm just. I want to. This is. It's so cool because now I just want to go down and watch everything that he's done. Oh yeah. Um, and kind of see. Also, I would like to revisit uh, Devine Joy Randolph's wide breadth of movies that she's made. Because oh yeah. It's, I know. I mean, I, only murderers in the building is what I've seen most recently that yes. she's done, which is pretty great. I know. I was looking at her, and she's she's done like twenty films. Um, she was in Kajillionaire, which was a Miranda July film that I don't recall much of the film. I know I liked it, and it has nothing to do with the film's quality. Uh, it has to do with my brain. She was in your favorite Puss in Boots, The she Last Wish. She wasn't Puss in Boots. Wait, what was she in there? She, I don't know, because this was before- Mama Luna. This was before I was familiar with her. I, I saw her and I was like, I know I've seen you, but I don't remember. But now she was in Dolomite Is My Name. Mm. Uh, she was in the like Holdovers, as we talked about. Um, and she was in the, the United States versus Billie Holiday. So she's been in a lot of stuff. She's done a decent amount of voice acting, too. Yes. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm also excited to see her more. I'm really excited to see if this launches her into more roles like this because I thought she was very impressive. Yeah. Indeed. So two, four two, thumbs up. Yeah, as many thumbs and a toe. Can I put a toe? Uh, nah. Don't make it weird. Yeah, yeah, Who are it. you, Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> I don't want to see your toes. I retract. (laughs) Just thumbs. Just thumbs today. Yeah, big fan. But a quick transition away from my weirdness into what else have you been watching? Oh, well, okay. I didn't even know if I was going to talk about this Uh because I did not find it to be fingernail. All right, I watched the movie Fingernails. I've never heard of that. 
Okay. So Fingernails is a new drama romance sci-fi movie, which is why I started watching it. Also, um, Jeremy Allen White is in it. Oh, sure. Um, Anna and Ryan found true love, and it's proven by like a new technology that takes your fingernail like you take off your fingernails because supposedly there's a lot of information about you in your fingernail and analyzes it with this new procedure to find out if you are like it true with your true love and it's set in a time which is like contemporary and it's not really sci-fi where there's nothing fantastical going on at the time and it's even kind of boring how they present it which i think is on purpose right but it's this new this dude um played the dude is played by um uh what's his name's brother luke wilson oh yeah um who started this company that analyzes people's fingernails to see if they're a true match and then also goes through like this bit of you know role playing and exercises to see if you're a good couple because i guess in this futuristic world it's hard to find love and people just aren't falling in love anymore but everything about the movie doesn't seem nothing about it seems futuristic it seems like it's plopped down right now which i think is kind of interesting and it's it's a choice it's not like the government is demanding people take these tests they're doing it by choice but it's It's an interesting conceit. It's an interesting conceit for a film. You weren't feeling it? I mean, I liked most of it, and halfway through I got that it was maybe a farce, and so I was kind of laughing at it. But then it just kind of, at the end, ended in a way where it it made me feel like it was a waste of my time. I hate that. Like, (laughs) What is it about movies where you start watching it, and you're like, ooh, this is weird. Ooh, I get it, and I like it. And then on a dime, yeah. You know what's funny? Is that more on me? No, no, not necessarily. No. I mean, everyone's going to have their own whatever journey, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> no, I mean, some responsibility has to be on the filmmakers for sure. It's funny you bring that up. So when you said it at first, I'm like vaguely familiar. And then I remembered the film while you were talking about it. And it's directed by Christos Niku, who is a Greek filmmaker who did a film that we had at the festival called Apples. Yes. And I loved Apples. Mm-hmm. I would that was like one of my standouts and it's a similar futuristic scenario set in a very familiar landscape and it was that one was about um people whose memories are taken away Ooh. on purpose mm-hmm. and then they have to kind of get used to something something like that. But it seems very similar and where like they take a conceit that's very futuristic but put it in this world, etc. But this is his English language debut. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, there might sometimes when that happens, and they work with now they work with a new set of of mm-hmm. uh, actors and whatnot. It's like a bumpy transition. But I think if you go into it, like I just think it's a cool concept, and I think yeah. maybe in a way it was boring because I think my, the message that I was getting was you know we're also disconnected. The more that technology comes out, I feel like we're just so disconnected from each other. Yeah. Like thinking yeah. about, you know, my younger nieces and nephews, like before their dating now is like you or a lot of young people that you don't even meet in real life and you're right. dating and, oh, yeah, yeah. um, and it's a lot through technology. So I feel like this is maybe like a little bit of a, uh, talk about how what direction like inner interpersonal relationships are going in so it was kind of maybe it was kind of boring in a way on purpose see his other film is like a little slower too it's definitely also had humor in it so i'd be Mm -hmm. i'm interested to see it even i mean 
I'm going to see Apple's UC fingernails yes. so we can reconvene. And I do love Jesse Buckley and Jeremy Allen and Riz, Riz Ahmed. The acting was pretty great. Okay. We'll check it out. Okay, cool. And then we'll, we'll regroup. That sounds good. But if anyone out there has seen fingernails, I would love to know what you think. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should. We'll we'll post on Instagram and we can chat about it. What you been watching, buddy? Well, I am late to the game. I so a couple years ago I finally read Jane Eyre, which is a which is a book for some reason I thought, "Oh, I'm not going to get into it." I loved it. And which is not shocking. Everybody mm-hmm. loves that story. Who reads it? But I've so now I'm like I have never seen any of the adaptations. So I started with the most recent one that are I, I think I think it's the most recent one um, that came out in 2011, and it had uh, Mia Wasikowski and Michael Fassbender mm. and Jamie Bell. It was great, Ooh. really good, pretty faithful adaptation, and it was really interesting to see it played out. I love reading a book and then especially one that has multiple adaptations mm-hmm. that to watch to see what different things they do. But yeah, I loved it. It was really good. I mean, now I got to go back and watch all the other ones. Was it pretty true to the book? Did they take a, any kind of creative None that liberties? I could see. None that, I mean, I think they may have shortened or lengthened bits. And they did a great thing with the timeline where they start at a section that doesn't happen till like the last half of the book. Ooh. But as a, And then they do sort of a flashback until you till the timelines meet up. Which was really clever. I thought that actually worked really well. And, you know, all the actors were faithful to it. The only thing I would say is that in the book, and even in the movie, they talk about, like, Michael Fassbender, I might not be a handsome man. I'm like, but you are a handsome man. Like, you're not the description in the book. <laughs> you're meant to, you're you playing it exactly right. Mm-hmm. But your face is wrong. <laughs> and also, Mia Wasikowski's not supposed to be beautiful mm-hmm. but she is yeah i will say and this is not uh samantha morton is an actress i love and i do think she's beautiful but her face is unconventionally so and that made a little bit more sense it was just mm-hmm. she wasn't supposed to be an unappealing but she was supposed to be more plain gotcha it's easier to make samantha morton plain than it is mia wasikowski i was just looking to see how many other jane Eyre. Oh, yeah, there's a, a lot because what else then is next on your list for Jane Eyre movies? I know. Right, I so that like was I'm... the one from 2011. Yes. There's a mini series featuring Ruth Wilson and Toby Stevens that was on nine. 2006. Yes. Ooh, William Hurt and Charlotte Gainsborough. Oh. I remember seeing that one in 1996. Franco Zeffirelli, who did like Romeo and Juliet. Cool. He's always. That would be a good one to watch. And then when are you going to go old school and watch the Orson Welles, Joan Fontaine, oh, 1943 version? Like that, that is my jam too. Uh, yeah. There's dozens as far as I can see, at least a couple dozen. So there's really good ones. I think the one that people, what's the one that people always talk about? Is it the 97? No, I don't recall. But I'm, yeah, this is just the beginning of my Jane Eyre uh, deep dive into film. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's been one movie released every single decade, it looks like, starting in 1910. Yeah, at least. At least. What? A, yeah. How George f- C. Scott, that makes a bit more sense. Like, you're not, you're handsome in your own way, right. but you're po- more like powerful and a little bit angry. <laughs> that makes more sense to me than 
handsome, beautiful Michael Fassbender. Oh, this, you got some time off for the holidays. <laughs> Kate Polly, I want you to watch all the Jane Eyre movies made for uh, the big screen and TV in their chronological order. How I'm many of it. those will you get through before? Um, uh, the missus is like, stop. Enough. I think this is <laughs> this is her jam. So I I could get through, I could get through a few of them before she's like, I I'd, I'd like to watch reality te- television again, please. <laughs> and then rank them in order for me, please. <laughs> yeah, I will. This is alongside of my Sherlock Holmes movies deep dive Ooh. and uh, a Christmas Carol deep dive. I have not completed any of these deep dives, but. I have started. We'll talk about that. What <laughs> we'll can we do to get you my, to complete something? Yeah, I fund me financially <laughs> <Yes>. for a year. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to this week's episode Absolutely. of Cinebuds. We would like to thank our wonderful producer, Kim Shine. And thank you to Nooski for our lovely theme song. Yes, and of course, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without our wonderful members here at Radio Milwaukee and at Milwaukee Milwaukee Film. Film. It's really because of you guys that we get to do fun stuff like this and we never take it for granted. So thank you all members for your support and for those of you who support us just by subscribing to Cinebuds. Yeah. Bye.